Welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we're checking in with the best and worst of April Fool's Day 2021. Uh, Spy Kids 20 years later. And yeah. Woo, <laughs> yes. And Ariana Grande joining The Voice. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. Another great episode. I'm ready for you guys. Uh, follow us on Twitter first at Tea Time underscore 33 and on Instagram. We're at Tea Time Pod. All right. Before we get into the show, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says, Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Okay, we are recording this Thursday, April 1st. Happy April Fool's Day, everybody. We're checking in with the best and the worst um, celebrity and corporate April Fool's jokes of this year and yesteryear. Kate, start us off with your thoughts. First of all, I have seen a lot of discourse about like, let's just skip it this year. Let's skip April Fool's Day. It has been a bummer of a year. Uh, We just don't need that kind of energy. And I agree to a certain extent, and I agree even more because I feel like we have witnessed the Black Friday-ification <laughs> of April Fool's Day, which mm. is to say that yesterday, all these little brands started releasing these little <laughs> teasers that smell a little fishy. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cartoon Network sent out a press release saying they were going to rebrand as Cartoon Network. I don't know what that's about. Oh, good. Teletubbies on Twitter, like we're going to get into Bitcoin and NFTs. Wow. Volkswagen was going to rebrand as Volkswagen. And I'm like, it's March 31st. It's not April 1st. There's a day for this. It's called April Fool's Day, not April <laughs> Fool's Week. True. Uh, we cannot do the Black Friday thing where all of a sudden we're going shopping at 5 p.m. on Thanksgiving and that's Black Friday. <laughs> like that cannot happen to April Fool's Day. It is as bad enough uh, already. And it's just the brands too. Yeah. You know, yes. like yes. it's the brands and they have ruined April Fool's Day. And we're going to get into that more. Not that it was ever good to begin with. Yeah. But like, I just, if you're, if your April Fool's joke needs more than 24 hours of setup, just skip it. Yes. Don't right. do it. I just don't need it in my life. Totally um, so we saw this happening yesterday. We were like, I guess we should check in with like celebrity April Fool's because uh, someone are, always says something stupid. 
couple years ago there was like the Justin Bieber pregnancy thing that like went horribly awry someone he does that apologize. every year no one learns so far it's 2 p.m eastern uh 11 a.m mm. for you guys and no one has done that yet that I've seen however I was you know scrolling the interwebs for some celebrity April Fool's content and several headlines started with <laughs> Piers Morgan leads the celebrity April Fool's dot 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 and I was Yikes. like this can't be it this can't be all we have I was like <laughs> clicking through and it was like Piers Morgan epic April Fool's Day prank I was like Piers Morgan has never done anything epic in his life his whole April Fool's Day thing was he was like I'm coming back to Good Morning Britain which is what he got kicked off after oh. you know being <laughs> racist towards Meghan Markle I was like is that Ooh. this is literally it this is what you're running with for a headline I saw all of those headlines and just vehemently skipped all of them there's just <laughs> it, there's no good article that starts with Piers Morgan no, yeah. absolutely not in the history of uh, humankind. And it was just incredibly slim pickings this year. I mean, yeah. that was it. Like that. And then it was like <laughs> random brands. The brands have just taken over April Fools and the celebrities are just like yeah. sitting it out this year, which is good. Yeah. That's the right call. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it was very the brands, you know, it's very much like, you know, that Twitter account brand saying Bay where they try to like, <laughs> they're like, well, we're cool, you know, Um. Well, Peeps and I guess the Green Giant, which is a <laughs> vegetable brand, you know, the big Green mm-hmm. Giant guy. And they were teasing cauliflower flavored bunnies, like those marshmallow Peeps bunnies, but cauliflower flavored. And huh. yeah, me, a dumbass, was like, oh, what? And I texted my <laughs> friend and he was like, this is definitely April Fool's. And I was like, okay, okay but to well, be fair, what day did you see it on? Okay, yes, I actually March saw it like, so, like fucking first. I, so they were doing April it Fool's before. Day. I swear to God, they were doing it like five days ago. And you it can't was, do that. That's not right. That That's is against not right. the rules. Yes, it, it, it is. It pisses me off. Yeah, I trying to contribute to this category was like browsing through all the slideshows that people make about like best corporate April Fool's jokes, ha ha. And I have come to the conclusion that there's literally just nothing. There is no good corporate. And I could be wrong, you guys, if you have feelings about it, feel free to let us know. But, you know, looking through these articles, it's like Taco Bell buys the Liberty Bell and it's like <laughs> scope did bacon mouthwash. And it's good one. Starbucks did like big, enormous vats of their coffee cups. I'm like, guys, I don't think this is it. I just don't. I think I think we should maybe just, you know, close that chapter of our collective lives on April Fool's. I don't think I don't know. I just none of them work for me, but maybe I just like don't have joy in anything. I totally agree. I, well, you know, as we were looking through all of this, I was like, is it the year? Has it been ruined? Or has April Fool's just never been good? Has there ever been like a truly good celebrity or branded April Fool's joke? So I ask you, do you have a favorite? Is there a good one that you can think of where you were like, yes, that made my life and the world better for existing? Didn't ne- no is the answer, but didn't didn't Netflix do something where they inserted an actor in every single one of their categories? Do you remember oh. this? I'm gonna look this up. Amelia, Wait, that's, that's kind of funny. They did a thing with Seth Rogen a while back where they pretended like they acquired his entire life <laughs> and like his all of the, like all his funny. dreams. That's kind of funny. Netflix is kind of good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, the jokes yeah, like perhaps. that are pretty good. I uh, was the only one that I could think of ever like looking back and seeing clips of and enjoying was when <laughs> this is embarrassing of me, but uh, Pat Sajak and Alex Trebek swapped spots on oh. April Fool's Day, like in the 90s. And Pat yeah. Sajak hosted Jeopardy with no warning and Alex Trebek hosted Wheel of Fortune with no warning, which I feel like is funny. That's kind of cute. That is, is funny. 
in 2016, Netflix did every category was associated with John Stamos, which like actually kind of good. That's so, kind of funny. That's funny. I wish it wasn't John funny. Stamos. We're anti-John Stamos on T-Sign for the most right. part. But <laughs> it's hard to keep track. It's fine. Yeah. It's hard to keep track. track. I don't blame you. <laughs> it is. We should have done like a, you know, 10 things we love about Paul Rudd for April Fool's Day. And oh like my God. Off the podcast oh, damn it. With that. Oh, Do you know what? That, that would have been, been really good. fucking funny if we would have started and been like, here's what, uh, you know, Pete Davidson <laughs> did today that we're just loving and done all of our... Oh, least shit. favorite people. It's hindsight wow. 2020. Oh man. Maybe next year. Next still, year. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's do relationship news. Not worth the tea. And this week in social media, Kate, go ahead. I guess kind of the big celebrity news this week is that Ariana Grande pop princess has joined a favorite of Midwestern moms everywhere. The voice. It's big uh, news. Big news for my mom, your mom. And at first I was like, no. Like, you don't have to do mm-hmm. this. You're basically Taylor Swift. You're like up yeah. there with, I mean, it goes like Beyonce, Rihanna, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> 700 feet of crap. And then like Taylor Swift <laughs> and then like Ariana Grande, pretty much on the same level in terms of like fame. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, do you have to do this? Like, are you on the same level as fucking Blake Shelton? But then I was thinking about <laughs> it. And the four current voice coaches with Ariana Grande, she's replacing Nick Jonas, are Kelly Clarkson. Great lover would die for her. Mm. Blake Shelton, who at this point, it's just like he's his he's like cemented to that chair. Oh, my God. Uh, John yeah. Legend, who's huge. Mm-hmm. And Ariana Grande. I was kind of like, you know what? Those are kind of heavy hitters. She kind of fits in to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I had to- honestly totally come around. I was like, you know, it's a different audience for her. Different true. audience for the voice. She can win over the moms. You know, she can bring <laughs> yeah, the stance. That's the- true. She can bring Gen Z and millennials to the voice. But then I saw this tweet. <laughs> just killed me. Uh, This is from Melissa Lozada Oliva. She said, Ariana Grande being on The Voice makes me sad in the way it makes me sad when cool girls from high school are like, it's day 72 of my baby being four years old. My husband had a hell of a week at the real estate office. Another day in New Jersey. Oh, God. (laughs) Which then when you think about it, it's like, God, her album kind of flopped. She's engaged Mm, to a realtor and now Mm. she's on The Voice. Like, I don't (laughs) know, Ariana. I know. I don't know. However, I will say this is a really easy win. It's a softball it to is. like win public favor. Remember when Miley went through like one of her many transformations and did the voice and then like everyone True. in America loved her again after True. truly hating her for an entire decade? Not True. me though. And it's kind of like, it's just an easy win. You know, it gets everybody, not that she has like fallen out of public favor at all in the last couple of years, but it just, it's a softball for yeah. her and her likability factor in America. So sure. It's, and a lot of money probably. So. A lot yes, of money. That as well. And it's, I honestly think it is, and you can disagree, but it's more prestigious than a chair on American Idol. Yes. For sure. Oh, no doubt. Yes. Without a doubt. And yeah, really, the judges are the stars of The Voice. Like, you cannot yeah. name a single yeah. person who's ever won The Voice or been you on can't. The Voice. You can't. You really can't. And it's just True. there to, like, make the judges seem likable and, like... Yeah, he's sort of like watching yeah. them. So I mean, so it, is a, yeah. it is a star vehicle for her to a certain extent. So, like, Agreed. it's fine. I yeah. approve. Sure. Um, the thing I want to talk about in this category, because <laughs> it doesn't fall really under anything, but I do want to talk about him, is I feel like we are not paying close enough attention to Mike Posner because Kaya will understand. I helped the ringer plan and go to South by Southwest like two and a half years ago. And I still get PR emails like every day for all these publicists being like, my artist, this and this, release this. Anyway, I got this random email this week that said, Mike Posner to climb world's highest mountain, Mount Everest, raising money for Detroit Justice Center. 
And I was like, what the hell? It literally stopped me in my tracks. I delete those emails on site. I opened it and was like, I got to find out more about this. Mike Posner is so interesting or more interesting than the average, I don't know, EDM pop CB list sure. artist, I would say, even though the generous, bar is kind of low. Generous to put Mike Posner on the B list. Continue. Regardless. Okay. I'll talk about he's back on the rise in a minute. Anyway, so he has announced that he is going to climb Mount Everest this spring. He has been training for the last year in intensive high altitude training in Colorado. Amazing. And then he's raising money for the Detroit Justice Center, which is a nonprofit law firm working alongside communities to create economic opportunities, transform the justice system, and promote equitable and just cities. And it's because he's from Detroit. His dad, who passed away in 2017, was a criminal defense attorney for 40 years and was like very affected by his death. Anyway, this is amazing. And then I remembered this man walked across America a couple years ago. I was going to bring up got bit by a rattlesnake, had to yes. relearn how to walk and and still fucking walked across America, which is amazing. Anyway, I just feel like we got to pay more attention to Mike Posner. He's like very popular on TikTok right now for cooler than me. And then please don't go with your bangers. I just wow. feel like as a society, we should pay closer attention to him. It's true. I remember the rattlesnake story and I was like, what me the too. fuck has this man been up to? Yeah. Uh, but wow, Everest, he's not stopping. I feel like if I got bit by a rattlesnake walking thousands of miles through the desert, I would just be like, I'm done. I've I've done my thing. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> I've been outdoors and now right. I'm going to stay inside. Right. Uh, so I respect that. Also, he's really shooting high. Like, I don't know what he does next after climbing Mount Everest, right. but who knows? Maybe he'll go to space. Anyway, pay attention to my I Posner. love that. <laughs> is my recommendation. Um, okay, total pivot. Uh, you know, we like to talk about weird food stuff. And this is from Kaya. Thank you for sending this to me, Kaya. I appreciate it. Okay. Disneyland. They are big corn dog people. Actually, the corn dogs are quite good at Disneyland, I have to say. But they have created a special corn dog that is panko crusted and has a pickle wrapped around the hot dog itself. And then to top it off, you get served a little side of peanut butter. Oh, so Picture it in your heads. I'm sure we'll tweet it out. It's as disgusting as you can imagine. It's $13. Damn. That's too much. For food poisoning. And I just ask why. I think the... Go ahead, please. It's the peanut butter that ruins it. It is. It's the peanut butter. I I was looking at the quote, like our retweets on Twitter, and I've never seen something more divisive. A food item more... Some people were like, I need this in my mouth right now. Other really? people were like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It was like yeah. completely divided between like yes and no. I personally think it sounds good, but you got to give me like mustard. Like I can't do the mm. pickle and the hot dog and the corn dog <laughs> with peanut butter. I don't understand that part of it. Do you think it's too much texture though, Kate? Because you got the panko, which is crunchy. Wow. The pickle, which is also crunchy, but cold. And then the corn dog, which is quite soft. So I just don't know. I think it's an adventure for your mouth. <laughs> Not great for people with sensitive teeth like myself, I feel like. Oh, that's true. I, also, know? Have I also have sensitive teeth. Yeah. Biting down on that pickle and then the hot dog. That's a lot of different temperatures. I assume the pickle would be warm. Like oh a fried my God, pickle. Would it? Fried pickle okay. warm? Yeah. Oh no, you're right. You're right. You're oh right. Oh, my God. You're right. Oh, my God. Also... We'll send out this photo, but the pickle is quite thick. It's not like a di- like not like a thinly sliced uh, pickle. I don't like that. And would you need milk too for the peanut butter? Because I feel like you would. 
Yeah, also like, yeah, the peanut butter is, I think that peanut was just a joke. I, like, that's I'm out of the up. peanut butter altogether. <laughs> oh my God, that's oh all I have gosh. to say about that. We can keep going. I would eat it. I would eat it. Okay. I would try it. Now wow. for some actual pop culture news. Amelia. <laughs> okay, so on Tuesday, I don't know if you guys are following this Real Housewives saga, but it's been all over Twitter and actually over TikTok a lot too. Um, Jen Shaw of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which was kind of a runaway hit. She was recently on Tuesday arrested in connection with running a nationwide telemarketing scheme, which is what exactly what you think it is. Um, in a statement from the... The freaking Justice Department, the Department of Justice. So we're talking like it was on the FBI <laughs> website. She and her first assistant, Stuart Smith, because the, the running gag in the series is that she has like 15 billion assistants. And so it'll like come up with their name and then it'll be like first assistant, second assistant, blah, blah, blah. Um, huh. So they were charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud in connection with telemarketing and conspiracy to commit money laundering. Oh, and shit. yeah, just for reference, one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering carries a maximum prison sentence of 20 years. Oh. So and how many counts? Is she? Uh, just one, just one. Oh, okay. Okay. Still. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so that's not good. And they were saying on multiple social media accounts, including this account on Twitter called Faces by Bravo, the cast was filming a group trip episode. They always do that. All the housewives. Um, it's usually like a mid season kind of thing that they do. I guess Jen received a call and told producers she needed to leave because her husband was hospitalized. And then she subsequently left. And the cast was then getting ready to leave when the FBI showed up looking for Whoa. Jen. Yeah. And they filmed the feds talking to the other housewives. Oh, whoa. I know. That's great That's content. Juicy. <laughs> it's so juicy. And then someone else, there's a video circulating on TikTok of Jen allegedly making a telemarketing call about student loans. And it sounds a lot like her. It's one of those, you know, I'm sure you've gotten one of those calls where it's like, hi, your student loans are, um, yeah. you know, you still need to make $5,000 worth of payments. And they just come up with these lies. They're just flat out lies. And then they drag you into this whole conversation and then they try to swindle money out of you like old people get fall into this oh trap a lot. my It's God. really fucked up. It's really fucked up. Yeah. Wasn't there this whole thing, Amelia, where like people know she was like living much more lavishly and people were like, yes. that doesn't really add up, but we don't, we don't know how. Like she was, she had this very luxurious lifestyle and now very, it makes sense. Yes, luxurious. Mm. She has something called the, she calls it the Shaw Chalet, which is their home, but apparently it was, they were just renting it and it, everyone was kind of suspicious because her husband he is only like an assistant coach on the Utah Utes football team. So he's probably oh. not making like millions of dollars a year. Mm -hmm. So everyone was like, hmm, this seems like it's adding up. But honestly, Whoa. as a Real Housewives fan, you dream of white collar crime as good as this. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm sure Andy Cohen, it was just he was so giddy when this oh all went down. God, I know. So now will this next see, I, I guess. Wow. I might have to start watching this show. This is like really juicy. I think you would really like it. It's really fun. And the first season was really fun, too. And Jen is crazy. She's just like a crazy woman. Holy shit. Yeah, it's pretty that's, a, that's insane. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Oh, and we're ending with some good news though. Yes, we are ending with some good news. Um, Kirsten Dunst was on the cover of W and she debuted a baby bump. And this is her mm. second baby with Jesse Plemons. They have a son who's two and his name is Ennis. 
So happy Congrats to her. Happy for you, Amelia, and happy for her as well. (laughs) Thank you. Big week for me. Yeah, yeah. It is actually a big week for you. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Let's do it. Let's dive right in. Let's do cringe mode. Spy Kids, the 2001 Love it. classic. Did people ask for this? No. Were people <laughs> confused when Amelia posted it on Instagram? Yeah. But you know what? That's <laughs> the beauty of having this podcast is you never know what you're going to get. We're going to dive in and take this as seriously as we did the Nicholas Sparks movies. So strap in. You so guys. not very. <laughs> uh, Craig, not very. Okay. So let's get right into it. Uh, Kate, do you want to take us through the plot, please? I will do my best. Uh, It's the 20th anniversary of this movie. I definitely saw it in theaters when I was six years old. Uh, I have a weirdly good memory of it for being six, which I guess means it just Mm. stuck with me. Um, And Spy Kids pretty much summed up by the title. There are some spies (laughs) and their kids. Their parents are spies. Uh, It's (laughs) Carmen is the girl and Junie is her younger brother. And their parents are Carly Gugino and Antonio Banderas, who have just like, you know, they've been spies this whole time. They get captured by uh, this evil mastermind, Fegan Floop, incredible (laughs) villain name, uh, who runs this like creepy castle of inventions. He has like taken former spies, turned them into these creepy minions. The parents get captured. The kids have to go rescue them, obviously. And they do that. 
and there are a lot of creepy thumb minions and <laughs> a lot of bad CGI. And that's pretty much it. Did I miss anything huge? No, that was uh, great. No, yeah, it has a happy ending. They all it live does. They after. save the day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, all right, let's do some highlights. So, as a spy movie, I love all the dumb spy shit. You have the mom and her bathroom. She's plugging in her little spy password on her makeup compacts because it's so actually good. a keyboard. That was yes. fucking great. They have a car that sim- like goes from the highway, dives headfirst <laughs> into the ocean. It's a submarine now. I just, I will be endlessly amused by all the little inventions. They had bubble gum that you spit it on someone. It kind of explodes. Whatever. I'm a sucker for this stuff and I love it. It was so good. 2001, incredible year for like cheesy spy stuff. This is also the year Alias came out uh, a couple years after this movie. And she, you know, Jennifer Garner and Alias also has like all these crazy gadgets. And my theory is that 2001 was like the perfect year for crazy technology in spy movies because it was like we had some technology. We had Mm -hmm. an idea of what the internet and what technology could do. But like no one really knew how or like what the limits were. So now we have all these fucking born movies and like they have to be based in reality because now we all know how like things work. But in 2001, we didn't fucking know. We still had dial up internet and stuff. So like we, our minds were more free to imagine that like a spy, you know, computer could be hidden in a makeup compact. What an incredible point. You know, and that was are the limits of our imagination in 2001 were just limitless. Yeah, it's oh, like when God. they made future movies and it was like a flying car. And now here we are in 2021 and we basically probably Elon right. Musk. It's has like one, Black it. Mirror. It's like our reality, but it sucks. Like now yeah. we just know better. It's Turns horrible. out technology sucks. Wow. Good point. Damn. Yeah. Also, biggest highlight for me is Junie, the oh. youngest brother played by Daryl Sabara. Junie in this movie is very relatable and very cute. He struggles with warts. He struggles with anxiety. He wears diapers at night. So maybe not that um, relatable as I'm talking about this out loud. Um, He starts the movie and starts his spy journey, hanging on for dear life. He's attached to multiple people and objects going like hundreds of miles per hour. And he's like hanging on by a thread. And at the end of the movie, he is running this shit. He's rappelling down on wires. He learns how to scuba dive basically instantly. He poops in a submarine. I don't know. He just, he's a very funny, great character. And I love him very, very, very much. I didn't want to like him because of the Megan Trainer of it all now. (laughs) Before I revisited this movie, every time I look at him, I think of those paparazzi pictures of them buying sex toys but uh now my mind has been cleansed and now i can picture him in this light again it's great yeah we've uh we've reclaimed daryl sabara yes we have yes we have yeah okay so we you know we picked this movie we were like 20th anniversary like we gotta do it i thought it was gonna be one of those where i was like oh my god like this is so bad like i was really worried going back but actually this movie is one very well written it -hmm. has some really funny wordplay the acting is above what you would expect for a kid's movie. The parents yeah. are really good. We'll get to them. The kids are really good. They have mm-hmm. really good dynamic. They're like, I like that it lets them be kids. You know, yeah. it's not like, mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, whatever these movies are now, these Disney Channel movies or whatever, where, you know, the <laughs> girls have perfect ringlets and like they're wearing makeup and it's a 17 year old playing a 13 year old. It's like, mm-hmm. no, they're just kids. They're like regular mm-hmm. kids. And yeah, obviously some of the CGI or whatever is silly and cringy. Just, you know, the whole thing is cringy and silly, but it's actually very well executed and like very well written and plotted out. I actually thought it was good. <laughs> Same. I I too love the dynamic between the kids and the parents, but I don't know. They're just very funny when they go back and forth. Like I will forever love that scene 
where he puts on the spy glasses and he's like, ew. And she's like, what do you see? And he's like, ew. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's very much like a sibling kind of <laughs> yeah. relationship. Yeah, and I love that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I also love that this movie is a tight 90 minutes. Again, yes. you know, always, always. We don't Every need time. any superfluous, like, uh, <laughs> plot stuff that like really doesn't end up contributing in the end. So really appreciate that. And then also, I just want to briefly talk about the amazing house, which is like the middle of nowhere on a cliff by a sea. Don't know where this is supposed to be, but it is beautiful. It's incredible. They have an indoor gym structure that I have been jealous of for 20 years. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, I love it. I Give me more of that house. Yeah. Really like, good. Romanticizes like spy people. <laughs> yes. Really well and, like that lifestyle. And I think this like has been ingrained in our brains for a long time. That's a very sexy, but also yeah. very like powerful thing, which Amelia, I know we'll talk about a little bit later. So let's do some low lights first. Uh, Kate, what do you got? This is more of a question than a low light. I just want to put this out into the world and, and discuss it. Did the parents in this movie have to be that sexy. Were mm. they too sexy for a kid's movie called Spy Kids? We're talking about Carly Godino and Antonio Banderas, who like on their own, sitting in their fucking house watching Netflix are like 10 times sexier than the average person. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Like I understand that the scale is different for them. However, we're in this movie where, you know, all these these throwbacks to their past life, like, you know, they're doing all this cool spy stuff. They have all this chemistry, which is great. Mm-hmm. But like they also are all in leather. They're in red and black clothes. There's so much hair gel happening. There's so much eyeliner. (laughs) Carla Gugino is like the spy mom. Her whole role in this movie is to be a mom, which again, like moms can be sexy. Like that's fine. But I'm like, did we need the low cut V? Do we need the leather pants? Do we need the chokers? Uh, Oh, right. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, it was great. I just found it a little bit distracting. And I was just like, are they too sexy? Here's my thought on it is that you know in some animated movies there's like really adult jokes where like the kids don't get it and the parents oh. are like haha yeah this is like kind of for me they do a little like wink wink to the mm-hmm. parents in most children's movies I feel like there's not a wink wink but more of like a here's a favor to all the parents who are watching right. my kids <laughs> we'll put these two you. incredibly sexy actors and yeah. make a little bit of you know you can look at Antonio Banderas or Carla you know just you can it's, look yeah. at either one of them if you'd like I like that yep I agree okay uh, speaking of the CGI There was, there's a little bit to be desired here in this movie, particularly the underwater scenes I felt were the weakest um, Mm. of them all. There was a scene where they are swimming through a cave of sleeping sharks and, you know, whatever. Maybe if I, I think at the time when I watched it, we all probably were like, this is amazing. (laughs) But of course, some of the CGI doesn't hold up, which will bring me to my later points. Like we should just redo these movies. Like, I like yeah. them a lot, but, like, yeah. we got a lot of good stuff going on now in technology, so. I Do agree, but also, these movies were, like, kind of the pioneers for, like, the weird movie technology. I think yeah. the 3D one, which I think was, I imagine was the third one, was the first <laughs> movie I ever saw in 3D. Like, that mm-hmm. video game one, remember, where they enter the video game world and, like, it's really trippy? Like, that was one of, the, I think that was the first 3D movie I ever saw. And then there was a 4D one where, it like, you smelled the movie. I think oh, the last, either that. the fourth or fifth one. Uh, and like you could go to like the special 4D theater and like hmm. your chair would move or something. I so, feel like 4D listen. really came and went. Like I think I'd probably oh, yeah. watch also one 4D movie and everyone was like, oh, no, maybe, thank this is not you. A good idea. If I yeah. wanted to go to Disney World, I'd go to Disney World. Yeah, is, right. Exactly. 
But yeah, you know, listen, Spy Kids franchise, it was risk-taking. A pioneer. And we should respect that. Agreed. What else is a low light, Kate? Uh, Real low light for me. Fegan Floop. Uh, (laughs) I just really like that name. Uh, He's made all these CGI creatures or these like creepy creatures. And they feature on this TV show, this kids TV show that Junie watches. And they're so fucking creepy. He makes them perform these songs and they live in like this creepy world. Right. And they sing these songs that it turns out like you slow it down and they're like, help us. Vegan Floop is a madman, which is really <laughs> creepy, too. Uh, and I just found it really freaky. I found it freaky then. And then when I watched it now, I was like, wow, this brings back some trauma associated with this movie. Because uh, this is, you know, kids shows are freaky. Like mm-hmm. if you ever watch like PBS or like Nickelodeon, whatever those like creepy shows, they're always like a little icky and like, freaky. yeah, they are. I'm yeah, like, can we not have just cute characters? Uh, so that was realistic, but it was a low light for me. It, yeah. was, it was intense, definitely. <laughs> yes. um, also on that note, when he was, he would have the model clay of the secret agents of their faces and he did a really good job making the faces and then he would make them into his fooglies or whatever. I don't understand how he can make the clay of these like a Antonio Banderas look exactly like him, but they can't even get Alan Cummings face on a teeny tiny doll. Correct. Because the floop action figure literally looks nothing <laughs> like him. It some it looks more like the other villain guy, not the minion dude, but mm-hmm. the agent right. guy. Right. It, and it's just like, you can put like a five inch, clay piece together that looks exactly like Antonio, but you can't get like right. a, a centimeter wide like action figure. I just, whatever. Come also, on, props could, department. Exactly. Oh, I was going to say, use your little CGI, but throw a right. couple, you know, a little bit, just CGI Alan Cummings face on that thing. And then truly. Yeah. Interesting. I also feel like this is more general low light and you guys can definitely disagree if you feel like it. But when we do cringe modes that we watch once as like children or adolescents and then we revisit them now, I feel like when I watch it, I have like a little, my heart, you know, gets tugged a little bit, my heartstrings. For some reason, it's like nostalgic or like heartwarming for me to watch. And I definitely did like this movie at the time when it came out, mm-hmm. but rewatching it, I was not like, oh, Spy Kids, like, oh, the thumbs. Like, there was no warm, (laughs) fuzzy feelings that came from my youth. And maybe because it was really scary at the time. And I, like, can watch it with adult eyes. But I don't know. This doesn't tug at the heartstrings like I thought it maybe would. Maybe Spy Kids was, like, the avatar of its time where, like, everyone saw it in theaters. But, like, nobody wants to watch it twice. You know, Mm. where it's, like, it was, like, a big technological thing. And, like, it was you know, groundbreaking or whatever. It was a big deal yeah. for its intended mm-hmm. audience, but like nobody cares about it anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I agree. It did not tug my heartstrings either. A lot of good theories out of you today, Kate. You're really firing. <laughs> okay, let's do what has aged the best and the worst. Amelia, what's your opinion? I would say spy movies are just, they're really fun. Watching this, I was like, you know, this is great. Like Liz said in the beginning, like give me more of the makeup lady or <laughs> woman, the mom, sorry, yeah. doing the little code um and then also the story in the beginning of the film which is carmen asks for a bedtime story and the mom is just like okay i'll tell you a story and it's just like the story of her husband and her meeting each other and they're like two opposing spies who end up falling in love that's like mr and mrs smith i think mr and mrs smith ripped off the mom's story from the beginning absolutely good for them 
Yeah, if anyone tries to come for us, Mr. and Mrs. Smith was released in 2005, people. This is 2001 we're Thank talking you. about. So, so Robert Rodriguez out. should sue. <laughs> he really should. Um, Kate, what do you think is about age the best and the worst? This is either age the best in terms of accuracy uh, and predicting the future or the worst in terms of just the fact that this came true. But the character of Fegan Floop, played by Alan Cumming, is literally Elon Musk. And I looked this up on Twitter to see oh if God. anyone else had tweeted about this. And only one other person had ever tweeted the words vegan floop and Elon Musk together. What? <laughs> in a wow. tweet. Uh, but they did come to the same conclusion as me. And this dawned on me when I was watching this movie. And vegan floop is introducing his little like robot creation. This like little boy that he has created as a robot. Very normal. And he says his name is X52495. <laughs> And I was like, this is Elon Musk. Uh, because oh obviously God. they named their kid X12 whatever, Alpha, whatever, whatever the mm-hmm. hell. Um, so then I started thinking about it more. And Vegan Floop, listen, he's a visionary guy. He wants to be famous. Uh, he very much is like the face of all of these ideas. He wants to be a celebrity. Uh, he definitely would be on Twitter if they had Twitter at, at yeah. this time in this you know imaginary world. And I just feel like there are a lot of similarities. And it's a little worrying that we have someone that's this close to a uh, cartoon supervillain uh, right. existing in our world. We need a Junie now. We to do. Help him get back to the good side. Only the spy kids can take down Elon Musk. It's probably true. Um, <laughs> my age, the best opinion. I love that no one really did a worst, even though there's probably things we could have talked about. <laughs> age, the best is Antonio Banderas. Mm. Ooh, just great iconic career. He toes the line between action, intense, scary man movie. And then he's like in Shrek and Shrek 2 and like that (laughs) franchise. He does Spy Kids. Really toes the line. He's got the range and he's just made a fucking great career for himself. And he still looks just as great now as he did in 2001. Incredible. Love him. All right. Okay, let's do MVP. We all picked different ones this time. Mine will be quick. My MVP is the thumbs because we gotta talk talk about the thumbs at length. Please. Okay, great. Never mind. Okay, so the thumbs is like the thing from Spy Kids. I think every person around our age or even above or below can like picture these thumbs in their head before they go to sleep at night. And they just are iconic characters and they describe them. Describe them for someone who has never seen this movie. What do they look like? Okay, thank you, Kate, for that prompt. I will Google just so I get it. Oh my God, someone did Mama June's face photoshopped on a thumb. That's not nice. Okay, so here's a thumb. This is the third image on Google Images, Mama June. Okay, so anyway, um, the thumbs. Their head is a thumb, their arms are two thumbs, and their legs are two thumbs. They're all thumb. And they are wearing a jumpsuit that is red and has like a little V-neck in it, actually. It's kind of tight um, now that I'm looking at it. Wow. Tight. They'll Sexy? have like, well, no. maybe. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, their their nails are well trimmed. They've got no cuticle issues here. They are just they're just a bunch of thumbs. And they are iconic. And they're evil, but they're kind of they have no brains or they're like very clumsy. Yeah. Um, right. they can the just be like programmed. Like, they're all thumbs. Like, isn't that the yeah. the word play? Like they mm-hmm. drop something and he's like, sorry, they're all thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> That's that screenwriting you were talking about earlier. I know. It's pretty good. It's really um, it's really committed to the bit, though. Like, imagine being the writer in the room for Spike and being like, okay, so here's the joke. The minions keep dropping stuff and their thumbs, and we're going to spend $100 million on the CGI to make them look like thumbs. 
really it works out. though. It really works. They it like does. are great characters. <laughs> Amelia, what are your thoughts on the thumbs? I think, yeah, the thumbs were one of the really lasting impressions mm. I had from this movie and they're haunting, but also <laughs> you kind of want to cuddle with them, but then probably not because they're right. gross. They do think I don't know. Seem it's weird. soft, but sturdy. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely very stocky. You can also see when um, they storm the safe house or whatever. It's like you can mm. immediately tell it's the thumbs because they're very mm. thick. and Right. They got broad mm, yeah. shoulders. They nice do. Build. They do. Yeah. yeah. They are yeah. weirdly jacked thumbs. Like, why are they the thumbs are, so big? Are the thumbs handsome? Would you guys say yes or no? Are oh, the thumbs my handsome? God. The thumbs are in good shape. The thumbs are. are pretty jacked for thumbs. Yeah, they are. Have you ever seen Breaking Bad? <laughs> yes. You know, Hank? Yes. He kind of looks like a thumb. <laughs> I think that's still like an ins or like a comment now on people's like you look like a giant thumb. Right, like we all have right. someone in our heads. Well, you like thought um, Stanley Tucci was going to be in this movie. <laughs> I did, but I thought he was having comedies. I didn't think he was. Oh, okay, thumb. I thought you thought he was because he was a thumb because he's bald like that. Oh wow! Also, did you see they had finger? Did you see the finger girl? The sexy finger lady? No, there was a finger. Like yes, the, when- the thumbs are gendered. All thumbs are. <laughs> Male and the fingers are female? Oh my God, I guess so. When huh. Carmen, it was either Carmen or Junie maybe, where they drop into the um, the lair where they're putting together the thumbs. And it was like a sexy nurse finger. And she was like, yeah, she was wearing like red nail polish. Oh wow. shit. Yeah. Kate, normally you catch that. I mean, Amelia, like what? Where was <laughs> it? Maybe it's just me. <laughs> I totally well, missed that wake one. Up. Wow. I apologize. Good catch. So yeah, thumbs MVP for sure. I think for all of us a little bit. Let's talk about some other ones. Um, Kate, who's your pick? (sighs) My MVP are the kids, you guys. Listen, they hold this movie down. They have gone on not really to have careers. Alexa Pena Vega um, (laughs) is in a lot of bad movies. She married one of the guys from Big Time Rush. So like, good for her. We all had that dream once. And like we said, Daryl Savara married Megan Trainer, So like he could be, I mean, personal lives seem to be good. Yeah. Professional lives, maybe not so much, but. There's always time. This They're movie was great. Yeah. They have their yeah. legacy, you know? Mm-hmm. They do. Uh, and also, so yeah. I feel like if this movie gets remade, they will have great roles in it as well. Oh they would probably God. sign on in an instant. That and is true. Maybe we they, should do I that. feel like they will remake this. I think you're right yeah. about that. Yeah. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Amelia, who is your pick? I would say, you know, Alan Cumming, he's really <laughs> funny in this. He's just, he's a chameleon, you know? Um, yeah. Great American accent. Uh, yeah, I, I really like Alan Cumming. I love, love your MVP picks. Everything's better with a little Alan Cumming. Truly. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's do the lightning round before we wrap up. What is the most 2001 thing about this movie, Kate? Uh, I picked Carla's wedding dress when mm. they're sort of flashing back to how they got together, how they got married, how they had the kids. Uh, Carly Gugino's wedding dress is like a corset crop top and then like a white skirt. <laughs> and she has like the 2001 like updo. She looks great. But I was like, this is insane. This is an insane outfit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was great. I agree. Amelia, did you catch the eye zone camera, which was the Polaroids like really long rectangular <laughs> camera and it spits out like oh. a just a, a little teeny tiny photograph and I don't know I was like wow I remember those oh, cameras shit. that's a great that's call great. me and my sister had those <laughs> oh my god yeah I love those wow good catch um who is the biggest surprise cameo in this I cannot believe we have not even said his name out loud yet but it, it is George Clooney he Incredible. comes in from the top rope out of literally nowhere in the last 10 seconds. Amazing. 
as the man who delivers the missions. And he calls the kids firstly and is like, we got to send you away. And the kids are like, no, we take down everybody as a family now. But George <laughs> Clooney is just like in this movie randomly. And it really made me realize that in 2001, George Clooney was not the man that George Clooney is in 2021. He mm-hmm. did do Ocean's Eleven the same year. Both came out in 2001. But like, I guess this is more on brand for George Clooney than I originally thought, but I was floored to see this man. And he's in the second too. Oh, really? I was mm-hmm. going to say that. Yeah, he, he which is kind of how you know it's like, okay. Like you could have done one and done. The second one yeah. is like a little bit of commitment. Yeah. Um, it's a good bit though. I like that he shows up at the end. Yeah, Spy uh, Kids 3D, game over. Anyway, okay, who's your pick, Kate? Fabulous. Um, I mean, it's definitely George Clooney. I also want to give a shout out to Danny Trejo who is in a other uh, Robert Rodriguez movies. He's in Machete. And his name in this movie is Machete, which implies the existence mm. of a shared universe between Machete, which is an incredibly violent movie, and Spy Kids. So I guess Antonio Banderas' brother, who is Danny Trejo in this movie, is like this insane, like, brutal, unless I'm misunderstanding the plot of Machete, like, very brutal <laughs> killer. I, yeah, uh, I think you're right. Who then has a falling out with his brother, Gregorio, uh, Cortez in Spy Kids and then they get they're like our friends again um, wow. so and also IMDB says that Richard Linklater is in this movie as cool spy what uh, so it's what? what it huh. says I trust IMDB but you guys always <laughs> question my trivia so maybe not <laughs> that's funny I agree I believe you Amelia who's your pick Um, I kind of love seeing Terry Hatcher as the evil secret agent lady who yes. is you know just evil Tell the audience what happens at the end to poor Terry Oh, Hatcher. right. So they're in the, they raid the kid's safety house and one of the jetpacks goes rogue and flies into her face. And <laughs> the next time we see her, her hair, there's patches. There's only patches. Poor Terry Hatcher looks deranged. Um, incredible, incredibly tough luck. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah, she muscled but, through yeah. this role. Um, <laughs> okay, in your guys' opinion, why have they not remade this movie yet? I mean, I think they will, but I think there were just an incredible amount of sequels to it. There were five <laughs> Spy Kids movies. Oh Jessica Alba was in one of them. They were like a, wow. a family that was friends with the Cortezes. The kids mm. kept coming back when they weren't even kids anymore. They were like fucking adults. Um, Damn. All sorts of people got pulled into these movies. Sylvester Stallone was in one of them. I just, they really just ran it into the ground, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, you're Maybe right. it's time. Maybe it's been long enough. Maybe the nostalgia train is coming for Spy Kids, but not yet. Yeah, they really grabbed everybody. If you just go Spy Kids cast, which I believe just encompasses the whole franchise, you got Holland Taylor. You got Joel mm-hmm. McHale oh from my The Soup. You have Sama <laughs> Hayek. You got a lot of, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> It goes on and on and on. Taylor Momsen. Anyway, that's another story. But Amazing. yeah, ample room. All these actors are still around. <laughs> um, Amelia, what's your opinion? Why have they not re- announced a remake or done um, a remake? Honestly, watch them announce a remake tomorrow. Just like yeah. oh, knowing our luck, that's what would happen. So <laughs> I know. We're manifesting. <laughs> Tea Time is manifesting yeah, Spy true. Kids remake. Okay, that's fun. All right, <laughs> let's do Tea Time's unanswerable questions. Kate, fire away. My unanswerable question is, if you were a serious, very serious mm. Oscar-nominated actor, would you make a fellow famous high school friend take down an embarrassing photo that they posted of you? <laughs> this is a real unanswerable question. I had an opinion yeah. on this, and then I changed it. This is inspired by Rachel Bilson, 
who uh, went on a podcast on Dak Shepard's podcast and mm. talked about a picture she posted of her high school classmate, Rami Malek, when he was like nominated for his Oscar that he ultimately won. So they were in high school together. They were friends. They weren't just like randomly in high school. Like they were actually friends. And while he was up for an Oscar, she shared a picture of them uh, when they were in high school and on a trip. And it's like pretty embarrassing of both of them. Obviously, Rachel Bilson has been beautiful forever. So like it's a less embarrassing picture of her. Rami Malek definitely experienced a glow up uh, at some time in his life. Definitely like was pre-puberty. Like he looks much better now. Yeah. But you know, it's high school. Like everyone looks bad in high school. So she shared a picture from their senior year of high school on a trip to New York. And it's just really embarrassing picture. Rami looks, you know, goofy, has a gold chain. (laughs) And she found out that he didn't like the picture. She's like, we were like teenagers. It was right before the Oscars, whatever. So turns out she found a message from him in her Instagram DMs. And she said, it wasn't like, hey, how are you? It was straight to, I would really appreciate if you take that down. I'm a really private person. Oh, that's weird. So she took it down and she goes, I was super bummed because he was so nice and we were really good friends. And I'm a big fan of not taking yourself seriously, especially at that level of fame and talent. But look, he wants to be super respected. It's his thing. So I respected it. I took it down, but I was just a little bummed at how it was handled. So if you're Rami Malek and you're nominated for an Oscar and you have this really embarrassing picture of you that's posted by your high school friend who also is famous, so like it's going to get some traction. Do you make them take it down? Do you just like leave it up? Say whatever. I would just, who cares? Honestly, it was so many years ago. By taking it down, I agree with her. Like one, he handles it incorrectly. He was kind of a dick. You don't even preface it with, hi, how are you? You're take right. it down. I'm different now. It's just like, okay, people live long lives and we all go through changes honestly happy for your glow up you don't have to be a fucking dick about it Rami Malek also it just it just proves that he takes himself too seriously and I don't like people like that so fuck you Rami Malek I I have I know I want nothing to do with you ever <laughs> wow I don't even want to we should just I'm sorry that's the answer wait I, Liz you're you're a very private person yeah. you wouldn't want people to post a picture of you do you feel differently the photo in question is not even embarrassing. Well, or maybe you guys feel differently, but I looked at the two of them and I was like, yeah, that's just a young Rami Malik and a young Rachel yeah, Wilson. Like exactly. there's nothing weird about it. It's literally the two of them just smiling. And that's what I have a bigger issue with. If someone like in high, like posted a photo of me smiling, be like, all right, someone posted a legitimately embarrassing photo or did some sure. harm to me or I felt, but I would be like, please. Yes. But it's so weird. I was expecting so much worse. Also the fact that he asked her to take this down, you know, now he's, su- it sucks because like he made bigger headlines out of being right. a, a it's doorknob. It's the Barbara Streisand effect. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you could have, j- I mean, now it's news, Rami. So right. you played yourself. That's and what even it is. then, it's like you know, you're campaigning for an Oscar. Like, good, all press is good press, right? Like, right. Be like, oh, you won't believe this cute picture of this adored teen star Rachel Bilson and her right. friend Rami Malek. Yeah, who right. it makes him seem normal. It makes him seem fun to be friends with yeah. her. Relatable. We all look different as a teenager. Totally. And he's like up his own butt about it, and yeah, I think it's really dumb. Um, I I get it. Like, I get wanting to be taken seriously. I get, you know, especially sure. if Rachel Bilson kind of did it as like a fame grab. I could kind of see being annoyed yeah. by it. Like, oh, look at me. Like, I know oh. this guy. I'm not like, super relevant, but sure, you are. She yeah, is. Yeah, she is. Oh, and it also, is yeah, it's not like she's being vindictive about it, though. You know, right. it's not like, haha, right. you were so ugly or something, you know, like, right. I don't know. Everybody wants a little clout. Rachel Bilson can have a little bit if she wants, <laughs> like that she knew Rami Malik. That's Rami fine. Malik, you're going to be fine. It's okay. Yes, agreed. It's true. Um, 
I also need your guys' opinions on this because this is a big debate. And I feel like a lot of people, both online and in real life, are kind of talking about this <laughs> post-vaccine, post-COVID world, knock on wood, God, please hear my prayer. And it's kind of talking about like all the plans that you like, blanket statement, like, yeah, after this is all over, quote unquote, I'll see you, we'll do this, we'll do that, whatever. So there's this tweet that went really viral and it's from at Ciara, I-I-N, Ciara in, um, Normalize canceling plans without an excuse. I just don't feel like it anymore. And wow. I feel like this situation we've all been in, this terrible pandemic, has brought upon a really people to reevaluate when they say yes to social plans and weddings and things that they possibly don't want to go to. And I'm curious, do you guys agree with this, that you can just say no and provide no excuse? Like, do you think we should normalize canceling plans without an excuse if you just don't feel like it? Uh, as a noted flake... As my college friends who listen to this podcast can tell you, I think you got to come up with an excuse. I feel like if you're going to cancel at the last minute as someone who does this a lot, the very least you can do is make up an excuse. You know, right. like that is the bare minimum. That's Be like, true. I don't feel well. I'm tired. Like these are <laughs> fine. But like, just come up with something, you know, yeah. like be like, I have work in the morning. I, you know, I, something, I mean, there are a million in the book, but like, yeah. that's just the bare minimum of respect is to come up with, like, have to take 10 seconds to think of something. Like, I guess being honest is important. So I guess if I didn't <laughs> want to go, I could tell them that, but I just have an excuse. It's not that hard. Amelia? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I feel like one sentence is needed after like a no yeah. or I, I can't. Right. Like I would be, I would be pissed if someone texted me and was like, "Hey, I'm not coming anymore." And I was like, "Why?" And they were like, "I don't know, just like didn't want to." I didn't feel I like need, it. I'd like at least lie to me, you know? Right. <laughs> right. right. At least tell me your, tell me your mom. I don't know is sick. Like yeah. your dog died. I don't know. Come up with Start, something. Kate. There are many other excuses we <laughs> yeah. can think of before that, but yeah, I agree. Okay, so I'll remember that next time, Kate. You tell me like, oh, "I'm tired." I'm like, you. <laughs> I'll be you. like, "Liz, my dog died." <laughs> I'll be like, oh, right. God. Right. "Oh my god." Um, Uh, Amelia, what is your question this week? So I had a few questions, but this one, this is the (laughs) final. This one somehow. Yeah, this one. Funny. Watch Uh, that happen this week in this outline. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I guess there was a spring 2021 uh, runway collection for Mugler. And there were these jeans that debuted on the runway. And, you know, Bella Hadid wore them. I guess Arena Shake wore them. And what they are, they're like high-waisted jeans in the front. And then in the back, there are, there's a butt. But it looks as if the denim is made into a thong. But instead of actually cutting out the fabric for it to be a thong, it's like these two black panels. Mm -hmm. So I don't, it's just like the appearance of a thong. And page six just calls them thong jeans. (laughs) So I was wondering, you know, we've seen the whale tail trend. We've seen, I feel like actual denim thongs and stuff. Would you, are you ready to rock these new (laughs) denim thong jeans once the pandemic is over? You want to look good out in the streets? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm (laughs) anti-denim overall, uh, have been for about the past year. I feel like we have to ask our, our jeans expert, Elizabeth Kelly for the, uh, answer here. 
I would sooner wear thong jeans than I would low rise jeans. I think at least these jeans cover Bella Hadid's belly button, which is all that I require. (laughs) This is true. Actually, the cut of these, other than the thong part, is pretty flattering. Quite flattering, yeah. Just like well-fitted, high-waisted jeans. It's just when you get to the back uh, that there are issues. Right. Although I'll say, though, that I believe, yeah, watching Bella Hadid walk down in thong jeans is not what Liz Kelly will look like on the streets, <laughs> as Amelia says, walking in thong jeans. So I'll have to see a couple of real world practices before I make a real sure. decision on it. I it's going to be a no from me. <laughs> um, but right, fine. I look forward to your decision. <laughs> See you guys in 2022 and a pair of these guys. Um, okay, that's oh. it. Another episode in the books. Thank you to Kaya, our producer, who's back this week. Thank Ooh. you, you guys, for listening. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wattemeyer. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.